generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. Are you ready for the word? I asked you earlier to get your pens, your notepads, because we're going to go deeper today. So we've been running this series for about seven weeks now, and it's all about matters of the heart. We've looked at heartbreak, heartbreak hospital, how do you recover from heartbreak, healing for your heart. We've looked at a new heart. We've looked at the desperate wickedness of man's heart and the loving kindness of the regenerated heart by the working of the Holy Spirit. And then, of course, last week I started speaking about honor from the heart how it is that god doesn't just want us to celebrate him with our voices or to act as if everything is uh just all about the physical dimension or the superficial dimension but is interested in what we are thinking in our hearts how we are honoring him from the heart so we're going to read a couple of bible passages and then i'll list out the eight dimensions of honor and i'll focus on six of them today because i already addressed the first two last week now don't feel bad and say, oh, that means I'm missing out. The truth of the matter is we have over a hundred messages on our SoundCloud platform. So you can go to soundcloud.com slash kingsconnected and dig in deep. There's so much word. You'll be swimming in the river of revelation. So quickly, let's go to Isaiah chapter 29 and verse 13. Isaiah 29 and verse 13. Here's what it says. It says, therefore, the Lord said, inasmuch as these people, so it's nothing personal. Say to yourself, it's nothing personal. It said, these people draw near with their mouths and honor me with their lips, but have removed their hearts far from me, and their fear toward me is stopped by the commandment of men. In other words, he's saying that these people, they sing about me, they talk about me, they say things about me, but their hearts are not with me. And I think that all of us need to begin to pay attention to this reality because when it is that God begins to speak like this, he wants us to pay attention not only to what people, other people are hearing, but to what he's saying to us in the midst of a general message. So when it says these people, you want to think about yourself. In what way have I honored God with my lips, but have refused to pay attention to worship from the heart? You know, it's not just the prophet Isaiah who speaks those words, but Jesus actually speaks these words as well in Matthew 15, 1 to 9. I might skip some verses for time's sake, but please write this down, Matthew 15, from verse 1 to 9. Then the scribes and Pharisees who were from Jerusalem came to Jesus saying, Why do your disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat bread. Jesus said to them, Why do you also transgress the commandment of God because of your tradition? For God commanded, saying, Honor your father and your mother, and he who curses father or mother, let him be put to death. But you say, Whoever says to his father or mother, whatever profit you might have received from me is a gift to God, then he need not honor his father and mother. In other words, the Pharisees were saying we can create our own tradition, our own rules, our own methodology of honor and worship. But Jesus is saying what God wants is not what we think he deserves or what we think people deserve, but what God wants us to do is to literally reverence him and honor him from the heart. And in closing that text, he says, hypocrites, well did Isaiah uh, the prophet say about you, these people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. 
So we began to look at this from last week about the importance of honor. You might still ask the question, what is honor? Honor is high respect. It is great esteem. It is attributing special recognition to a person or a thing. Now, as a matter of fact, honor is respecting, recognizing, and celebrating somebody for who they are and what they do without despising them for who they are not. It's recognizing, celebrating, appreciating somebody for who they are without despising them for what they are not. Now, I know there's certain people who have this ideology that honor is an African thing, or you know, honor is a traditional concept. But the truth is, honor is not an African thing. It's not just an African thing. It's not just a cultural thing. Honor is a God thing. God is a God of honor. God is an honorable God. God deserves honor. And God says we should honor him, but not, also, not just honor him. He wants us to also honor men, as in humans, because every human being was made in the image of God. And by honoring humans is an expression, an extension of honor to God. Let me make this clear. We are not called to worship humans. We are called to worship God, but we are called to honor men and women as well. So last week we looked at two major areas of honor, honoring God, and that's very important. And we looked at different Bible passages and what God expects us to do. We honor God by singing new songs, by singing to him, by evangelizing, sharing the goodness of what he has done in our lives, by giving to him, giving an offering unto God. We honor God by esteeming his name, by not using his name in vain. And secondly, we looked at honoring God by honoring his prophets, his pastors, spiritual leaders in our lives. And we looked at honor like that. We looked at the book of Matthew where it says to us that if you receive a prophet in the name of a prophet, you receive a prophet's reward. If you receive a righteous man in the name of a righteous man, you receive a righteous man's reward. We also read a couple of passages where Paul was saying to Timothy that those who rule well, especially those who preach and teach, they are worthy of material support, of financial gifts. In other words, it is not out of place for you to honor your pastor, honor your prophets, honor the people that God has placed in your life. Now today, we're gonna to look at six very quickly and I'm gonna breeze through it, reading Bible passages as I go along. Number three dimension of honor is that God expects us, watch this one, you need this one. God expects us to honor our parents. Honor your parents. Now, I know that somebody's thinking, well, my dad is not, is not even a responsible man, or my mom is not even kind, or my mom is on a third marriage, or my dad never raised me, and all of that. And you might have your own point. But you see, here's the thing. If God in his infinite wisdom decided that you will come into the earth through your dad or your mom, that alone is a reason for you to honor them. Honor them as passageways through which you came into the earth, but also honor them because it gives glory to God. Exodus 20 verse 12, real quick, here's what it says. Honor your father and your mother. He does not put an addendum. It doesn't say if they are good or if they are kind or if they are smart or if they are rich or if they are intelligent. It says honor your father and your mother. How? Why? That your days may belong upon the land which the Lord your God has given you. Exodus 20 verse 13. And Ephesians 6, 1 to 3 says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. Now, we know he's not just speaking about obeying spiritual authority, specifically here. He's speaking about speak, honoring your parents, biological parents, because immediately after that, it says, Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you, and you may live long on earth. 
So you can't speak negative about your father or your mother. If you're going to honor God, you can't go like, oh God, my dad is a jerk. My dad is so ignorant. My mom is so this. Because by so doing, you are questioning the intelligence of God. You are saying to God that God, you are not smart enough to have given me a better parent. Now, I do understand that this can be a sensitive uh, space for many people because maybe your dad didn't invest in you when you were growing up or your mother was not there for you or maybe you have half-brothers and step-brothers and this one and that one. There's rancor in the family. All well and good. But remember that you are doing this because you honor God as an extension of the honor that you place on the name of God. You honor your father and your mother. Can I just challenge you to do something today? Can you write this down right now? That today, before the end of this day, you will send your dad and your mom or both of them thank you messages. Just say, Dad, I love you. Mom, I thank you. And that's why I'd be like, no way, they don't deserve it. But you know, the thing about salvation and grace is that we don't deserve it either. So tell them, I love you. I just want to thank you for paying for my school fees when I went to that private university. Thank you for standing with me when I failed jam three times or five times or seven times and you were still there. Or when you took me to the principal office when they were about to expel me and you were able to plead and they only suspended me for three weeks. Right. Honor your parents. That's what the word says. Number four dimension of honor. Honor your boss. Your boss at work, your manager, your supervisor, your civic, and the civic authorities in your space. So that's the president, that's the governor, that's the local government chairman. Now, this is my own table because sometimes you're in a culture and you're like, what's going on with these leaders? Why are they doing this? And why are they not doing the right thing? And you have a tendency of going from registering your criticism in an honorable way to being outlandishly disrespectful. But God says that he wants us to honor even civic leaders, political leaders. Can you imagine that? That's stuff for many of us, but scholarly believe in the country where I live, where there's a lot of infrastructural decay, where we didn't get so many things right, and where we have not been fairly treated as a population, as a citizenry. But God still says we should honor that. Why? Because the Bible makes it clear that no authority exists without the knowledge of God. In other words, no matter what party you are affiliated with, no matter what your political inclination is, that person who is occupying the seat as the governor, that person who is the local government chairman, that person who is the senator, that person who is a rep of your constituency, that person who is the president, is there because God somehow allowed the person to be there. I'm not saying the person is the perfect candidate or the God-ordained person that he wanted per that time, but God allowed the person to be there. What I'm saying is, if God wanted to stop that person at all costs, it would have cost him nothing to do that. So if God allowed the person, God is saying honor. And here's what the word of God says. Listen to what God's word says. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse uh, 17. 1 Peter chapter 2, if I let me take it from verse 13. It says, therefore submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether to the king as supreme or to governors, as to those who are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. Now, let me just pause there and say this. He's saying that if the king says, do this, that's what you should do. 
If the governor says no more gathering of more than 20 people, that's what we should do and that's what we're doing right now. If there is a political decree that says, you know what, um, no more cars except on Tuesdays, Thursdays and Saturdays, God is saying I expect that to happen. Now somebody goes, okay, so what if the governor says we start killing people? Of course we now know that that line of authority clashes with the authority of God. So obey every authority until that authority begins to clash with the authority of God. In other words, God's authority overrides every other authority. Now as long as the commandment does not compromise your stand in the faith, does not command you to renege your commitment to Christ or to turn your back on the gospel or to take someone's life or violate somebody's independence of freedom. God is saying as long as that ordinance has not started veering or trespassing into those domains, I expect you to be honorable. That's what God is saying. Now, if you can do this very quickly, type it in the comment box. Say, I will honor my boss. Come on, put that right there. Put it down there. You will honor your boss. I know your supervisor is insensitive. Your boss uses harsh words. You know, people get on your nerves at work. But God says honor. Maybe you're in a state where the governor is not really in charge. And in fact, your governor looks like he's the governor of the state of emergency. And his wife looks like the first lady of the nation of confusion. Come on. Oh, God, have mercy on me. But God says, honor that person. Put it in the comment box right now. I'm waiting for you. Type it right, in, right now. I will honor my boss. I will honor my governor. I will honor the president. Come on, put that there. It says, as free, yet not using liberty as a cloak for vice. Don't say, because I'm born again, I can do anything. Because the same God that gave us faith to overcome challenges gave us wisdom to prevent them. And so God is saying, I don't just want, I don't just want to leave out of a place of spiritual arrogance or pride or cockiness where I can do anything. But I put authority structures around you. And you see, sometimes the reason God puts authority in your life is to save you or to prevent you from losing your life. Authority figures create fences, the right parameters, the right barriers around you to ensure that you're fencing. Can you imagine if your parents allowed you to do everything you wanted to do when you were six? Do you know that if that happened for many people, they would not be alive today. If you did everything you wanted to do when you were seven, what did you want to do when you were seven? You wanted to jump from the roof of the house. What did you want to do when you were seven? You wanted to ride, drive daddy's car by yourself. What did you want to do when you were seven? You wanted to eat all the cake that you could afford. And in many areas of our lives, we're still seven years old. And even though you're 35 or 42, in a certain area, you're still learning. You're still restricted. You're still limited. You're still a child at something. So God puts governing parameters and authority figures in your life with the expectation that you are going to grow. Number five, the fifth dimension of honor. Um, you know what? I'm not done. I need to read some more verses because some of you might go like, okay, hmm. Look at what the word says, still in 1 Peter 2, 13 to 18. It says, honor all people. He said, as free, yet not using liberty as a cloak for vice, but as servants of God. And then it says, honor all people. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the king. He says, servants, be submissive to your masters with all fear. Now, what fear is reverence. It's not saying be afraid of them, but it's saying revert them. Don't just treat your boss anyhow. Don't talk to your boss like you're talking to your friend. He's not your friend, he's your boss. He said, what happens many times is that some believers misrepresent Christ in the workplace. So during work hours, you're on Facebook instead of facing the books that your boss gave you to sort out. 
You know, some people, you, you want your friend to, your boss to be your friend. If your boss is your friend, that's an added advantage. It's not a right, it's a privilege. So he's saying, honor them. It says, servants be submissive to, your, uh, submissive to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and the gentle, but also to the harsh. So God knows and God knew and still knows that some bosses will be harsh. Some bosses will be insensitive. Some bosses will act as if they are not human beings. So the Bible says, honor not only the ones that are good, but also the ones that are harsh. So if you have a harsh boss, God is like, I already know about that. <laughs> Honor that man. Still celebrate him on his birthday. Remember him during his wedding anniversary. If something is going wrong in the company, lend your skills. Don't say good for you when you were wicked, when you were evil, when you were dead. God is saying, no, don't do that. Honor your boss. Now let me read something else. First Timothy chapter 2. Verses 1 to 4, it says, Therefore I exhort first of all that supplications, prayers, intercessions, see those different dimensions of prayer, and giving of thanks be made for all men, and it says, for kings and all who are in authority. If you're a wife, your husband is in authority, you've got to pray for him. If you're a citizen, the president is an authority for your life, pray for him. If you have a job, your boss, your supervisor, your manager, he said, pray for that person. He said, many of us, we complain, things are not working in my life. Are you praying for your, the authority figures in your life? Or are you just expecting them to be the ones giving all the time, praying all the time, counseling all the time, leading all the time? Or are you submitted? He said that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. That's what he's saying. That when you submit and honor, when you pray for them, when you love them, when you respect them, he's saying that your life will be a safe one and a peaceable one. So if you find chaos in your life all the time, I'm not saying that's the only reason, but many times if there's chaos in your life, like things are just not working, check your honor life. Maybe you have become dishonorable because dishonor precedes disappearance. Whatever you dishonor will eventually disappear from your life. Dishonor a friendship, it disappears. Dishonor a marriage, if you dishonor it long enough, your spouse is going to disappear. But that's not your portion in the name of Jesus. Oh, that amen was a little tired. That amen was a little weak. That amen feels like it requires some paracetamol. I said, that's not your portion in the name of Jesus. Quickly, final verse I'm going to read about this one. It says, uh, Colossians 3, verse 22, I'm going to read from the Amplified, Contemporary Amplified Version. It says, servants obey in everything those who are your earthly masters. I've already qualified that. You don't obey them in matters that clash with the authority of God in your life. It says, not only when their eyes are on you as pleasers of men, but in simplicity of purpose, with all your heart, because of your reverence for the Lord, and as a sincere expression of your devotion to Him. This is what God says in Colossians 3.22. Don't be a man pleaser. Don't be the person who does well when the boss is around, but when the boss turns up, he's back or her back, here you are, stealing from the profit pool of the company, using the, the company's equipment without telling the person, manipulating figures, doctoring the details, writing something else on the receipt or the invoice. God says, when you do that, you dishonor me. That's what God says. So God says, when you honor them, whether they look at you or not, you are honoring me. The sixth dimension of honor, the fifth dimension of honor, actually, is this. Honor elders. Honor elders. 
There's a generation out there today, particularly on social media. This generation is so rude, so impolite, so curt. And you know, they use words anyhow. You know what I mean by they go to this pastor or this leader or the CEO's page. And because the CEO or the leader or the pastor, the spiritual officer, makes a mistake in communication or does not exhaust a thought in a holistic manner, here comes all these people. Some of them are even teenagers in their 20s and some people in their 30s and some in their 40s. But they are attacking people who are 50 and 60 and 70 and 80 who have built different things that have been a blessing to many people, including their own family members and here they are cursing those people out and they said I can speak my mind I can do what I want it's my life but look at what the word says the Bible tells us that we should honor those who are older than us whether you are your writer your culture yes sir in other words yes sir you're welcome sir you know and all of that and many other African cultures, we have that where we defer to the older person. And sometimes people do it honestly, but other times people don't do it so honestly. God is saying it's not just a Yoruba culture thing, it's a kingdom culture thing. In the culture of the kingdom of God, as a child of God, as a believer in Christ, God says, honor your elders. It is not just about uh, the people who are rich. You know, be like, that person is just rich, he's just old for nothing. Big fool, old fool. God doesn't want us to say things like that. Look at what it says in the book of uh, Leviticus chapter 19, verse 32. Leviticus 19, 32, in the NKJV first, it says, you shall rise before the gray-headed and honor the presence of an old man and fear your God and the Lord. God is saying that when you see somebody who's older than you, you don't just act as if they are not there. You don't wait for them to greet. It says that you will rise. You'll be the one that will stand up and say, ah, there is somebody here. You'll be the one to do that. You see that? That's what God is saying. It also means that if there is no seat, no vacant seat, even if there's a vacancy, but they happen to be around you, vacate your seat. Let's get practical with this, man. If you have an old person on the bus who's carrying something, ask the person on the bus, sorry, sir, I don't mean to move forward. Is it okay if I help you carry this? And you know many times where they're going to be like, they're going to be surprised because in a generation of rude people, an honorable man is cursed. In a generation where people are so rude and so insensitive and so crude and so crass and so unavailable, you know, the person of honor, the person who's polite, the person who gives, the person who celebrates, that person is a rare gem. And you know what will happen many times? They'll be like, ah, my daughter, God bless you. My son, it will be well with you. And do you know something? There is weight in those words. There is power in those words. Who put the power there? It's not because they in and of themselves are so powerful. It is because God has put something on them. What does the word say? It says the glory of the old person is his crown of gray hair. The crown of the old person is his gray hair. In other words, the elders have something that we younger ones don't have. Listen, no matter how anointed you are, you don't have the experience they have. And there are certain things in your life that may not respond to your own personal anointing, but that require the wisdom of an older person to sort out. Are you, are you getting this now? Of course, the anointing is powerful. I'm not downplaying the anointing. The anointing is incredible. Or it's not the anointing, the yoke will be broken. But guess what? The yoke can be broken and the person is free, but because the person lacks wisdom, the person never fulfills the reason for which the yoke was broken. You get that? Did you get that? Did you get that? So we need the anointing, but we also need the wisdom. Let me read it in, of all the people. Let me also read this in Amplify. Leviticus 19 verse 32. It says, you shall rise before the gray-headed and honor the aged 
and you shall fear your God with profound, profound reverence. I am the Lord. He's saying that when you see older people, don't just say, eh, my, my guy, my guy. You understand? What you do is that you have to honor them. Of course, be warm, be friendly, be gentle. It does not mean be timid and, and be intimidated, but it does mean don't take people for granted. They're older than you, even if it's five years, even if it's two years. Come on, we gotta learn that. Honor people, respect people. Are you understanding this now? If you get this point, like it, heart it, put something in the comment box, let me know this is getting to you. Let me read something else to you. Job chapter 32, verse 4. Now, because they were years older than he, whether they, the friends of Job and Job himself, not because they were older than he, Elihu waited to speak to Job. In other words, they were having a conversation, they were having a discussion, they were going back and forth, and do you know what happened eventually? It says, I have something to say, but I'm not going to say it now. I'm going to wait for my elders to speak. It's interesting. I observe people sometimes in meetings, sometimes in spiritual meetings, and other, at other times, board meetings. Now, when you are joining a meeting for the first time, if it's your first time on that committee, that team, don't be too quick to speak. It's a sign of ignorance to be too quick to speak. Let's say you've just been promoted to become a leader or a consultant at work or a new level, you know, in the company, but don't be so eager to prove yourself. It's your result that will speak louder than your words. Now, I'm not saying be quiet and be dumb and stupid, but I'm saying put out some time or allow some time to pass so that you can learn the dynamics of that space. How do things work here? And of course, if they ask, what do you think? Of course, speak. But there is wisdom in hearing what other people are saying. The person that speaks too quickly often learns too uh, little. Because you've already spoken anyway, so you're in speaking mode. But if you're in listening mode, you might be able to hear certain things that you didn't think about before. And by the time you are now speaking, your words are enriched with the collective wisdom of that space. And so we see that in the book of Job 32 verse 4. It's interesting that the Bible says that there is a breath, the breath in God, spirit in man, and the breath of God gives him understanding. Job 32 verse 8. But in verse 4, the younger person waited first for the elders. Now, 1 Timothy chapter 5, 1 to 3. 1 Timothy chapter 5 and 1 to 3. It says, do not, watch this, rebuke an older man. Paul is writing to Timothy and is saying, Timothy, you are anointed. Timothy, you're gifted. Timothy, you're a third generation preacher because your grandmother Lois, your mother Eunice, they passed down the faith to you. I'm your godfather. I'm your mentor. I'm your pastor. But as great as you are, Timothy, don't rebuke an older man. It's amazing how I see this, especially on the internet today. Some young chap who does not even know what the Bible is all about, or who doesn't know what the office of the pastor is, or who doesn't even know what the church means and what the church represents, and this person is blasting on IG and Instagram and Twitter and rebuking all the people. The Bible says, don't rebuke an older man. That's in the Bible. And it's not just the oldest man. You see what I'm doing? I'm picking Bible verses from the oldest man, the New Testament, because some people go like, well, that's Old Testament. This is New Testament. This is Paul, the preacher of grace. He's saying that Timothy have laid hands on you. They are gifting you. The president will lay hands on you. You are anointed. But you do not rebuke an older man. What should you do then? Should you just let people just do anything they want to do? He says, no, exhort him as a father. He said, younger men, exhort them as brothers. Older women, treat them as your mothers. Younger women, treat them as your sisters. How? With all purity. 
You see, when you begin to understand honor, you are even careful the way you relate with members of the opposite sex. Because what it means is whatever you, you can say to your younger sister, you can say to the younger believer who's a female if you're a guy. That's what it means, right? So if you can send your younger sister certain pictures, you know, certain lewd, <laughs> lurid pictures, why would you send it to that sister in the house of God? Why would you do that? If you can't say certain things to your mother, why would you say those things to all the women in the gathering of the believers? Let me read it from uh, the Amplified, 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 1. It says, Do not sharply censure or rebuke an older man. He says, But this is what you should do. But entreat and plead with him as you would with a father. Then it says, Treat younger men like brothers. What's it saying now? He's saying that when an older man makes a mistake, because that's why you want to rebuke him as well, right? When he makes a mistake, when he goes out of turn, when does something that's not right, you don't make another mistake by trying to correct his mistake the wrong way. Because if somebody does something wrong, and then you try to correct that wrong in the wrong way, you have done as much wrong as that person, or you have even compounded the wrongness, if I can use that, of the situation. So, honor elders. In the house of God, don't treat everybody like they're your friend. Honor elders. What does that mean? That means if you have a spiritual leader who's an elder, you have a spiritual leader who's a prophet, and you have that same spiritual leader as your boss, that's threefold honor. Come on, people. For those of you who might be pastor's children, you're watching this. You're not just going to honor your father as a pastor. You also honor your father as a prophet. Do you understand that? Now, for some of you who are bosses who are older than you, you're not just going to honor your boss as a boss. You're going to honor your boss as your elder. So for many relationships in your life, there are many layers of honor. And once you begin to live your life with this understanding of the multiplicity or the multi-layer dimension of honor, it becomes very difficult for you to make mistakes or to speak words that you'll regret later because you're being controlled by the Spirit of God and by the Word of God. Write in the comment box, I respect my elders. Put it right there. Write it. Do use an emoji like this. Salute. Say, I respect my elders. If there's an elder around you that you've been treating funny, there's somebody maybe in Kings, right, that you've been like, mm, mm, this, is not, this is not this person. Tell the person I honor you, I respect you, I celebrate you. And begin to cultivate that as a lifestyle. It's not just supposed to be something that excites us when we communicate like this. It's something that we live by. A code of conduct that governs our decisions and our expressions all the time. I honor my elders. Did you write it? Did you write it? Oh, I'm waiting. Come on, type it. Type it. Heart this. Like this. Share this. I respect my elders. I honor those who have gone ahead of me. Come on. By the way, let me also mention that it's not always about age. You see somebody that's gone ahead of you in a certain area, attribute the respect. And I'm not saying go and bow, prostrate, genuflect. No. It's first of all the posture of your heart. Respect what it is that you've built, written, recorded, led, governed, instructed, created, crafted, edited. You know that? Edited. You, you gotta respect that. Number six, we're almost there. Honor your local church members of your local church and fellow believers outside your local church honor your local church members of your local church the local local body of believers gathering of saints that you gather with that you are a part of honor that honor that space members and fellow believers 
He said in Galatians 6 verse 10, he says, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all. He doesn't stop there. He said, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Honoring God means that I honor Christ. Honoring Christ is reflected in the way I honor his body. What is the body of Christ? The church. What is your place in the global church? Your place in the local church. So your local church is the body of believers. It's not about the size. It could be two or three. It could be a few hundreds like we are in Kings. It could be thousands like people are. A few hundreds like we currently are in Kings because we're growing. We're going to grow into thousands and different branches and connect centers here, there, and everywhere. Did I hear you say amen? Did I hear you say amen? Shout that amen right now. Right? But see, it's not just about that local uh, collect collection. Rather, it's not just about uh, the, the size of that local co uh, collection of people. So whether there are thousands or it's a few uh, members, a young church or an old church that's gone through crisis or something like that, still honor that gathering. In other words, part of the way you honor that gathering, you know how you honor that gathering? Treat it, have a sense of responsibility to it. Don't wait for outsiders to do more for your local gathering than you do. Don't wait for outsiders to buy more things for your local church and space than you do. Don't wait for outsiders to be the ones to say, now wow, see this billboard is so old. See their generator is so broken. Before outsiders begin to pick up signals about the needs of your local gathering, you ought to be a partaker of it. And by the way, let me just mention this. Taking care of that local gathering is not just the responsibility of the church, or rather of the pastor. So, it's not just the responsibility of the pastor and his wife to furnish the building, to buy ACs to the building, to pay the security systems for the building, to paint the facility. It is your responsibility. It is where you're spiritually fed. It's where you have spiritual accountability. It's where you have connection and bonds. It's where many of your destiny-shaping relationships and opportunities are going to be formed, revealed, declared, or distilled. So it's not the responsibility of the elders and the leaders and the pastor. Let the pastor do it. Let's just help him. No. It is your responsibility as well. And let me mention this, also the way you use the facility of your local church. How do you use the toilet? Let me give you an honor code. One of the ways to express honor to Jesus is that when you finish using the toilet in that facility or anywhere at all, leave it in a state as if it was Jesus that will come in to use it next after you. <laughs> you see how that's going to change the way you do with stuff? Can you, can you practice that? I know it might not be easy for many of us, but can you practice that? That you treat that person as if you are expressing gratitude to God. And that's what God expects. Now look at what the word actually also says. In Galatians 6, verse 10, but in the Amplified, it says, So then, as occasion and opportunity open up to us. So it's not just special occasions. It's saying, as the occasion arises. So you see a member standing by the roadside, you're driving past in your car and just blast off. You don't even say, which, which direction are you going? Can I pay for your car? Do you have enough? Have you ordered the taxify? Are you walking by yourself? These are the ways in which we show honor. It does not have to be the person's birthday, marriage ceremony, special anniversary. The Bible says as often as the occasion presents itself. You see, I, I get this somebody. You got to see this now. It says do good to all people. 
He says, let us do good, in bracket, morally to all people, not only being useful or profitable to them, but also doing what is for their spiritual good and advantage, so materially and spiritually. But it says, be mindful to be a blessing, especially to those of the household of faith, those who belong to God's family with you, the believers. Let me explain this to you. What does it mean? If two people have the same need, two human beings, one of them is not a believer, one of them is a believer, and they have the same need. Who should you give to first? I mean, like, I need to give to the unbeliever. No, the Bible says you give to the believer first. Do you know why? Because not only by confession, but in reality, that believer is God's child and essentially God's responsibility. You being a fellow believer, God expects, and this is in the word of God, God expects, that's why I said especially, especially, God expects that you will surrender yourself as an agency, as an instrument to meet the material needs of your brother and your sister before you meet the needs of outsiders. Let me also explain that this way. Before you start giving to charity and all of that, it's good to give to charity. Before you start giving and donating to charity, please take care of your own team, your unit, your department, your local church first. Are you understanding this? Of course, we do some charities, uh, charitable works in Kings. We give to people who are outside of Kings, but we prioritize people in Kings because that's, first of all, the primary domain of our responsibility. It also applies to giving to churches. If you are giving more to ministries that are not your local church, that's not the divine order. The first order is your local church is supposed to experience your generosity, honor, and value firsthand. Right, so even as we're worshiping right now, remember, if Kings is not your local church, you're just, you know, you're just watching, of course you can give to Kings, but not at the expense or to the detriment of your giving to your local church, wherever it may be, in Nigeria, across Africa, different nations of the earth. Similarly, if you're a Kings member, is it okay to sow to other ministries? Absolutely, but not to the expense or not to the detriment, not at the expense or to the detriment of your local church. I hope someone is getting this right now. Let me read this to you as well. In the book of Romans chapter 12, verse 10, it says, Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. He qualifies it. So it's not talking about lustful passions or burning sensations and all of that. He said, Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love in honor, giving preference to one another. That's what he's saying. In other words, treat people with preference. Let them feel special, one another. So this is not an age thing. The person could be younger than you, the person could be your age mate, the person could be your achievement mate, right? Because not all your age mates are your achievement mates in the manner of speaking. But God says, give preference. Let me read in a simpler version. Amplified contemporary says, love one another with brotherly affection as members of one family, giving precedence and showing honor to one another. In other words, let people sit first. Let people eat first, you go to a party. And then they serve food and you are just <laughs> grabbing the plate without asking somebody, oh, would you like to eat mine first? Would you like to take that first? That is honor. And you know something about this honor? The more you practice, the more your flesh dies. One of the reasons many people struggle, let me tell you, with sexual temptations, why, why many people struggle to overcome sexual temptations, to overcome loose leaps, to overcome cheating and all of those kind of things, is because they don't understand honor. When you understand honor, before you sleep with someone that is not your wife, you understand you're violating honor on about seven levels. For you to sleep with somebody you're not married to, you're dishonoring God. You're dishonoring them. You're dishonoring yourself. 
You're dishonoring the persons connected to them. You're dishonoring the person connected to you. And then you're dishonoring your right as a believer to rebuke the devil and overcome temptation. Do you see that? That almost every sin you will commit in your life is going to violate the honor code. Almost every sin. Don't forget that when the devil comes and he tempts Jesus, here's what Jesus said. Jesus said, Thou shalt watch, thou shalt not tempt the body of God. He says that. But then he says, Thou shalt worship your God alone, and him alone shall you serve. In other words, I can bow to you, devil, because I've already bowed to my father. We're getting this right now? Because I've already bowed to my father. Now, I want to also read uh, the next thing, two more. So let's go through them very quickly. Let's go through them very quickly. Number one, who should we honor? Type with it. Honor God. That's the first thing. Type it. Type, type. Honor God. Number two, who should we honor? Honor our pastor. And then pastors, spiritual leaders, prophets, the voices of God over our lives. Number three, who should we honor? Our bosses, civic leaders, civic authority figures. Number four, who should we honor? Parents. Actually, number three is parents. And then number four, a civic leader, spiritual authority, and all of that. Number five, who shall we honor? The Bible says we should honor those who are elders, who are above us. Number six, honor fellow believers, starting from your local church. Number seven, guess what this one is? Number seven. Number seven, you got to honor yourself. Now, this kind of honor is not self-worship. It's not esteeming yourself higher than you are. But it's having respect, a sense of respect and dignity. It's about you not taking yourself for granted and just being one of those people who live anyhow. Honoring yourself means that there are certain places you don't go to, certain things you don't do, certain things you don't wear because you respect yourself. This is like self-respect. How do I know there's a place for this? The Bible makes it very clear to us in the book of Romans chapter 12, verse 3. Romans 12, verse 3, it says, For I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Here is the key thing. He says, don't think of yourself more highly. In other words, he's saying, think of yourself highly but not more highly. In other words, have standards in your life. To honor yourself is to have standards. To honor yourself is to ensure that you don't live carelessly, that you don't live frivolously, that you don't live without discipline. To honor yourself means that you don't eat too much. To honor yourself means that you don't oversleep, except of course you've gone through a major season of exertion and work and you just really want to uh, recuperate. To honor yourself means that it actually affects us as well. The things you give to other people is an expression not only of the honor you place on them, but the honor you place on yourself. I remember many, many, many years ago, many, many, many years ago, somebody wanted to give me a gift. And guess what the gift, what the gift the person gave me? The person gave me the gift. I mean, this was a gift. Or it was packaged as a gift. So it wasn't like a friend saying, oh, I have this. Will you have it? Do you know the person gave me the gift? The gift of a one shirt. A shirt that had been used where you could almost see like we could almost see like the faded things around the collar. That was so dishonorable to me and to them. Right? God even explains that. He said, Why would you bring me a lame uh, animal? Why would you bring me blind goats as sacrifice? So honoring yourself means that in giving to people, in communicating with people, there's a certain standard you don't fall behind. 
It also means honoring the way you carry your body, the way you show your body, who you show your body to. Let me read that to you. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 4, here's what it says. That each of you should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor. What's the vessel he's talking about? The body. That each one of you, God says, I want to carry your body a certain way. So there are certain aspects of your body that are not for public consumption. There are certain parts of your body. The private part or parts of your body should not become public property. Because they are private parts. Also, the way you express yourself. Honoring yourself means that sometimes you can be angry, but you don't show it everywhere, everyhow. You understand that? That's very important. And number eight, the very, very final part of this message. Listen to this. Honor all men. Say what? I just said that. Honor all men. That's in the Bible. First Peter chapter 2, verse 17. The NKJV says, Honor all people. Love the brotherhood, fear the king, honor the king. Fear God, honor the king. It didn't say fear the king. It said honor, uh, fear God here and honor the king. But he says, honor all people. Should I honor the Yalakara down the road? Yes, please. Should I honor the Olakada? Yes, please. Should I honor the mechanic or the mokalik? Yes, please. Should I honor the coronavirus patient and the coronavirus sayer? Yes, please. Should I honor this and the other? Yes. Should I honor the person called Babs and the Baba and the Babwaya? God says, honor all men. Should I honor the person who beats my tissue and the person that can afford the tissue? Honor all men. Why should I? Because every man was made in God's image. Every man deserves a certain level of respect. Even when people are disrespecting them, don't join them in disrespecting them. Elevate the standards. Titus chapter 3, 1 to 2. This is the final scripture I'll read and I'll wrap it up. It says, remind them. They're speaking of Titus. Paul is speaking of Titus, a spiritual son concerning the church under his care. It says, remind them to be subject to rulers and authorities, to obey, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one. Imagine that. I've struggled with this. Because the reason some, as I speak evil of no man, I don't speak evil of people, but I speak evil of people who are evil. <laughs> right? Like if you are evil, I should speak evil of you because that's what you are. But God is even saying that love believes the best of people. Of course, if people are evil, of course you can say this is what that person did. But God says don't blacklist and bad mouth and push it all the way there. By the way, one of my guiding principles is I don't say behind you what I'm not willing and able to say. In front of you. Give me audience, what I've said behind you, I'm going to say in front of you. Now I know that some people are not that confrontational, some people are not that uh, forward or expressive as the case may be, or confident as the case may be, but the truth of the matter is God is saying, I don't want to speak evil of people. And that's part of honoring them. I've listed this eight dimensions of honor today, and I know that you've heard something. I know for a surety, or for a certainty, or for sure, that you have heard something. That God has spoken to your heart. That something is bottling in your spirit. That you're beginning to think differently. And that's important. Because when God is asking you to honor, to live a life of honor, He's elevating you. He's raising you. He's building you. He's developing you. The reason He wants you to live a life of honor is because He wants you to be honored. And it's a principle in the spirit. 
that they that sow to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. They that sow to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life and peace. What does it mean? When you sow dishonor, you reap dishonor. When you sow dishonor, you reap delay. When you sow dishonor, you reap dejection. When you sow honor, you reap honor. And God wants to honor you. I'm praying for you right now. Can we close our eyes? Can we just meditate? Can we reflect at this time? Is it okay if Tanu can just guide me a little bit on the keys? Right now, just right from where you are, can, can you just pray right now? And say, Lord, I turn away. I bring forth the fruits of repentance today. In every area, I've been incorrigible. In every area, I've abused you. I've abused my pastor. In every area, I've overlooked my parents, ignored the civic leaders in my life. In every way, I've been rude and forward when it comes to elders. In every way, I've despised certain people because I felt they didn't matter or because I felt they were not a part of God's plan for my life or because I felt they had nothing good to offer me because some people only relate with people that they think can be of benefit to them. In every way, God, that I've allowed myself to drift in every way. Lord, I pray, God, that you have mercy on me. I receive your mercy. You want such come boldly before your throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And so, Lord, right now, I just, I just tap into this fresh stream of grace, Lord. That your mercy prevails over my heart. That your mercy prevails over my heart. Mercy, God. Mercy. Can you also pray, Lord, touch my heart. Let my heart not be stout and stubborn and incorrigible and difficult. Let me not be that hot-headed individual who's always nasty and who's always rude and who's always out of turn. Lord, would you help me today to be so fully immersed in the meekness of Christ that it will guide my conversations. It will shape my inner conversation. You know, because sometimes we don't speak it out, but we dishonor people in our hearts. We disrespect them in our hearts. We disdain them in our hearts. But if you pray today, the Lord will show mercy. His mercy is plenteous. His compassion is unfailing. His love is endless. And in this moment, I thank you, God, because you're pouring mercy and you're pouring grace. Upon all of our hearts, we give you praise and we give you glory, Jesus. Thank you for restoring honor to our lives, for making the house, this house, kings, a house of honor, for making everyone who's connected to this broadcast by internet or who's watching later after the premiere. Lord, we just pray, God, honor, honor will flood our lives and our hearts as we are carriers of this good news and this kingdom principle and lifestyle of honor. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen and amen and amen. Generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. To join this growing community of kings, visit www.kingdomcentral.org and send your full name and email address to 0908-123-4566. One more thing, someone you know needs this. Kindly share this how.